Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and this is our first post-Super Bowl off-season episode. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, mate, how are you uh, How are you doing in uh, the sunny north today? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, it's been a quiet-ish week of news, hasn't it, for football? But it always, always give it a couple of weeks, don't you, after the Super Bowl and then some, some uh, exciting movement always comes around, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're getting very close to it. We won't um, talk about free agents today, but there's loads of players that uh, are due crazy bonuses in the next couple of weeks, which basically means they're getting cut, which is why you're going to see people talk about people like Michael Thomas as a free agent, even though he's not a free agent, because he's owed like 80 million in cash if they keep him past the date, one of the first weeks in March. So uh, we obviously know that's not going to happen. We have a new league year. We have a franchise tag dates coming up. So yeah, I think the news will be busy probably from uh, from next week um today we're here to kind of talk about the offseason to start with so why not start with the most important position in the game uh we're going to do our qb carousel talk uh, we've also got some franchise tag candidates to talk about at the end um just a couple of players each three players each so we think might get tagged and talk about their situations um but first of all i guess one of the only bits of news that we had um was a the salary cap got confirmed a couple of weeks ago we didn't talk about it, it has taken another jump so we're kind of back to pre-COVID life. Uh, and I was listening to a couple of podcasts this week, financial podcasts, where next year's salary cap, because of Amazon um, and YouTube, is going to be huge. So next off-season, we're going to have a crazy time because people are going to have so, so much cap space. Um, and then the other bit of news um, was this random story that dropped on online that I've uh, we spoke about on WhatsApp about um, Netflix. So Netflix released a statement basically saying that they've got a documentary. Didn't say how many episodes. I don't think. Um, star called Quarterback, starring three NFL quarterbacks, which is uh, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, and my main man, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I've obviously been a Chiefs fan. I've since seen that a lot of the people that work from homes privately and for the Chiefs privately, video-wise, have kind of followed his whole life. So I was a bit worried it was going to be very generic because they said that they've basically had cameras on them for every game and every training session. And I kind of thought, oh, that's cool. It'll be good. But will it have much off-the-field stuff? And apparently it's a true, like, not sure how much they're going to show because the quarterbacks obviously get final say on what gets shown. But um, the guy that was with Mahomes basically was living with the family. So I just feel like it's going to be a pretty good one. And we were saying off-air, weren't we, that it's three very interesting characters, even though I think they're all quite quiet compared to the average like star documentary person you see from a sporting point of view. But I still think they have three very unique situations, aren't they, that the guys are in? Yeah, I think they've, whether they tried to predict that as they kind of planned it in previous years, I'm not sure. But obviously you've got the star of the league, someone that's fighting to be in the league in a starting position who's not been there for a few years. And then a guy that sits kind of in between that, that is a very divisive figure isn't it with um with your general kind of nfl fans so yeah i think they've got that absolutely spot on to be honest i've not seen i have to be honest the golf show and the f1 show or the tennis one i believe that there is as well yeah i've not heard good things about the tennis one (laughs) i've not kind of followed any of that so i'm hoping it's going to be in depth because a couple of the all-or-nothing seasons have been really good. And there, there was an Eagles one. I don't know if you've actually seen it. The Eagles one was so, so poor that it was just yeah. really scratched the surface. And like you say in there, I, I just hope it goes much deeper than that and get to see kind of the personalities. And you need a good episode number, I think, for this. So it feels like 
at least 10 episodes, surely. Yeah, I would guess that. Yeah, I would guess that. I think the fact it's only about three people helps it because uh, Formula One's obviously into double figures. Tennis, I only watched the first two episodes. There was like nine different tennis players that had at least spoken in depth by that point. The golf one's about loads of people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think this one being about three, it depends how much they include their family and friends and trainers and coaches, I guess, on there. But I feel like they'll have more time to spend on on each person. Um but yeah, it should be good. I think they're free interesting ones. I do agree with that. I saw like people saying that it'd be nice if you had a bit more, one of them was a bit more of like a crazy live wire, like high energy kind of person. But I think that that'd be fine. I think Mahomes will be like that one a bit more when he's on, on camera and gets comfortable with it. But yeah, it should be good. It comes out in the summer. Like I said, we don't know how many episodes or if it's going to come out in one go or in two parts, depending on what they do. But yeah, the the, the Formula One show everyone loves. Uh, apparently the first season was quite slow because I had to explain it to all the people that don't watch formula one the golf one i'd say apparently golf people seem to really dislike it but i thought it was incredible and i think similar that the first season's a little bit explaining things however with the quarterback one i feel like because it's going to be it feels like it's going to be different quarterbacks every year not related to one another i don't think you can waste a whole first series explaining a lot of stuff i think you're going to have to dive straight in um so i think it should be good and nfl films are taking part in it aren't they and their documentaries and kind of mic'd up segments are usually really really good yeah, yeah, I think uh, hopefully if it follows along those lines. I mean, you kind of have to accept it, don't you, if they're going to kind of do maybe like a tutorial couple of episodes sort of thing, but you expect that with Netflix. But the only thing, do you know what, the only one thing I would change is I would have loved it if we could have got Brady in there in that last <laughs> season with him. All what went off in the off-season with the Dolphins and whatnot, them losing a the draft pick and then kind of just how the season went for the Buccaneers compared to how we would have liked the season to get with uh, with Giselle and everything. I just think that would have been incredible, but you can't pick apples, can you? So let's go uh, <laughs> we've got. Yeah, I'm pretty sure after his whole life falling apart, he's probably quite glad that he wasn't the star of a Netflix documentary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. should be good. Uh, interesting characters. I'll be interested to see what Kirk Cousins is like behind the scenes because I think Mariota and Mahomes will be pretty cool to watch. So we'll, we'll see what my guy Kirk's like. Um, only other little bit was not really news, but in terms of news coming soon, they're going to have the combine in Indy coming very, very soon. So we're going to see a lot of draft content, which obviously we'll be covering. Um, the owners, the GMs and head coaches will do their press conferences there. Uh, and it'll be the first time that national media will probably ask some of the new coaches uh, questions since they've joined their new team. So we'll probably see a lot of news coming out of Indy. Um, but yeah, let's move on to some QB chat, mate. QB carousel. I've broken this down into three segments, and then we'll see if I've forgotten anyone at the end. So we've got retired with a question mark. <laughs> we've got non-free agents with a question mark. So people that either are definitely not free agents or probably won't be free agents. And then we've got another section for people that are free agents that are definitely going to be free agents. So we'll start with retired, and we'll start with the man that you just mentioned, Tom Brady. Uh, I saw Pro Football Talk. This will be a quick one for us, but I saw Pro Football Talk mention that there's a chance, apparently, or again already, because um, he's not going to be in the booth for Fox till next year, that if the 49ers can't sort their QB situation out, and obviously Brock Purdy, unfortunately for him, seems like he's having some really big setbacks already with him not even being able to have the operation yet because of a lot of swelling in the joint. Um, apparently, if the 49ers want him, Brady might think about coming back. So I wanted to start with him because I think we'll be quick. Uh, is he going to play football next year or not? Oh, I hope not. 
I don't think he will personally now, but because no, I, I think his his ego's too high to like unretire twice. Keep coming back, and then it's just you get that kind of divisive character. You know, because he hasn't had chance. I mean, he stepped away, but it doesn't feel like it's really been a big story, or that it's like mattered massively because of what happened last summer. So yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a no. To be honest, and I, I can't see I can't see a reason why the 49ers either. To be honest, would want to do it. Yeah, no, yeah. I think I'm out of it. You never know. Maybe if I don't know, if you're a couple of weeks in and maybe the injuries are struggling, they could entice him back. But I don't think so personally. Um, I just think he won't want to keep unretiring because then he has to keep retiring. I think when you're the best and you've got this legacy that he's got, I don't think he wants to like not embarrass himself. But I don't think he wants to tarnish that by having to keep doing new retirement videos every year and become a little bit of a a Brett Favre. Um, but the next QB in this section is very much <laughs> on a Brett Favre-esque pathway. That is, of course, Aaron Rodgers. He has officially left the darkness as we <laughs> record today. I don't know if you saw that, but did you see that uh, a couple of NFL people, it wasn't from the NFL, it was from like another like joke podcast or documentary, I don't know, like some YouTube channel really, but they actually went to the place that he was at in terms of the treat. I don't know if you've seen the video get retweeted or not. I haven't seen the video, no. I thought because he was so rich, it was going to be quite like a high-level thing, even though it was darkness, but it does look like absolute hellhole. <laughs> it honestly does look like Cabin in the Woods-esque horror movie inside, and then obviously it's just completely dark. But there is like showers and toilets and fridges and stuff there, and I'm just laughing like, if it's completely dark, how are you ever going to see any of this? But maybe maybe you adjust. But yeah, he's out of the darkness. No decisions have been made. I, f- I feel like it's safe to say, as we sit here today, the favourites for him to play with are Green Bay, no one and him retire, but personally, we'll talk about that. But I don't think he will retire because I don't think he'll want to be in the same class for the Hall of Fame as Tom Brady. Because then, when it's time to go into the Hall, all everyone's going to do is talk about Tom Brady. I, I think, and the fact that JJ Watts also retired, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think Aaron Rodgers with his ego will want to compete. So I don't think he'll retire. But the options are Packers, retire, the Jets, and uh, the Raiders. Uh, he's obviously kind of ruled the 49ers out. It feels like teams like Washington and stuff, he'll just refuse to play for. So for now, I feel like they're the only options. Are there any options I haven't thought of? And where are you leaning at the moment if you had to think about what he might do, even though he's probably the hardest man in the world to, to guess that? Yeah, I can't see there being, and unless something, we'll maybe talk about it in the in the next segment with a kind of big quarterback, unless something wild happens there. Uh, I can't see any other teams being added to it. I actually can't see them being anywhere other than Green Bay. I could in the previous years when we spoke about it. You always said, no, I've seen back in Green Bay. And I was always, yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe I could see Denver. But obviously they got Russ. And I, I, I'm not sure. I can't see. Like I, t- like I said the other week, I saw him in that mock-up of the Jets uniform. And it looked terrible. And I just think uh, it just doesn't feel right. It would be exciting for the league. He was to go somewhere else, but feels to me like he's going to be back in Green Bay. Didn't you say he was the betting favourite as well to be back in Green Bay? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I haven't was. checked this week, but Jets were quite heavily second favourite. However, the Raiders are now heavy, heavy second favourites. So I'm not sure what that means. But that's kind of really since he played that golf trip with Devontae Adams and then was talking about the Raiders a lot in the media that week and stuff. So, yeah, maybe it's a case of that. But, yeah, I don't know. My personal view is I I think we've actually flipped compared to our last two off-seasons. So, I think he will leave Green Bay. 
Um, there's a lot of reports. I can't remember the report's name, but he's covered the Packers for like 40 years. And I don't know if you saw this, but he reported in a piece which led the local kind of newspaper that Green Bay are absolutely sick of Aaron Rodgers and the way he acts around the franchise. And quote, unquote, even if Rodgers decided to come back to Green Bay, he would be Jordan Love's backup, was the words that this reporter used. Obviously, I don't believe that second part, but the fact that someone's leaking that to him probably shows that they do, I wouldn't use the word hate him, but they are struggling. And I know Mina Kimes said that ESPN have heard a lot of sources that they're not quite that they use the word sick of, but that they just think it's best to move on now. But I think a lot will depend on him and how he does. And you don't want to trade two first round picks for someone who's going to retire after one more year, do you? So I think if you're another one of these teams, you need Rogers to confirm how long. So for me, I don't think see why you would go to the Raiders, to be honest. Um, so I, th- I think I'm still leaning Jets. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to leave. But I'm like 100% sure he's not going to retire. <laughs> 100%, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. I'm sure we'll speak about him in a minute. But Derek Carr seems very linked to what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, especially as the Jets yeah. seem like the favourites for Carr, don't they? So Yeah, feels like they're waiting, don't they? Like, what happens if Rodgers yeah, determines Carr? A big issue if you're waiting a long time for your to get a quarterback in. So it's yeah, it's uh, it's all tied up there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We'll talk about him in a bit in the free agent section, but um, with Carr as well because he was released, he doesn't have to wait till March to sign. I know, obviously, um, Rogers doesn't have to because he can be traded whenever, but um, Carr can sign whenever he wants. So if he gets fed up of waiting, he can literally sign for the Saints or Washington or whoever tomorrow if he wants. So. He's in a good position, but it does feel like he's he, he's he's potentially waiting. Um, okay, cool. So we're not going to hold ourselves to these as predictions, but at the moment we're saying Tom Brady doesn't retire. Uh, sorry, doesn't come back out of retirement. You think Rogers stays in Green Bay? I think Rogers probably goes to the Jets or the Raiders. Um, let's move on to non-free agents then. So these are people that technically can be free agents, but I just think there's absolutely zero chance. And then there's one QB at the end as well. So we'll start with. Let's start with the big one because I'm spend less time on the others. Um, obviously, Lamar Jackson is the big one. Uh, it's come out this week. And again, actually, Mina Kimes, funny enough, said that they have been, sh- ESPN analysts have literally been shown the contract from someone. Um, they wouldn't say who, but it's very ironic that two of the analysts that work for the Ravens used to be the analysts for Next Gen Stats and ESPN. <laughs> so I feel like that's probably who, but apparently he's been offered more guaranteed money than anyone apart from Deshaun Watson. Um, over a short period. So, so anyone apart from Watson and Mahomes, because Mahomes' contract was so long, and his annual value would be the highest paid in the whole league. Um, I think he's like 80 million more guaranteed than Kyler Murray is, the figures that's getting chucked around. However, apparently there's still like 100 million guarantees apart. Uh, and then it came out on ESPN that they are more likely than ever to trade him if they can't come to a compromise. And apparently Lamar sent over a reply with his own version of a contract that he wanted that wasn't quite fully guaranteed, but obviously was a lot more stable financially. And the Ravens reply was another deal that was nowhere near that much guaranteed. So I don't really know what's going to happen. I've kind of been in the camp that he stays, but I actually think now he's obviously going to get tagged. They'll they'll put a non-exclusive tag on him, which means if someone wants to talk to him, they have to offer two first round picks but if you're the Ravens, you want more than two. So, do you know what I mean? You, will need, you need to try and ideally convince him to sign the normal tag, which is less money, 35 million, and then obviously let him 
get traded where he wants because otherwise you're only going to get two first round picks for a player that's way better than Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson went for way more. So where are you sat at the moment on the Lamar situation? Because I know you're a big fan of him as a as a player. Uh, this has got to be the most interesting off-season story because he is obviously a couple of years out of being the MVP. He's only 25 years old. I know he's had a few injury issues, but if you can kind of get him healthy, then the sky's the limit, really. <laughs> This is so interesting to me, like who would even kind of come in and just come in for him? Because he's going to cost you, you know, all this guaranteed money. I mean, Cleveland, at the end of the day, have ruined negotiations. <laughs> for so ruined everything. <laughs> They've ruined everything because, obviously, Deshaun, yeah, we, we, we've seen him play previously towards a, towards an elite level, but that was kind of before all the news came out. And now he's came back for the Browns. He looks absolutely terrible, but, you know, <laughs> it doesn't really matter to him, does it? Because all his deal is guaranteed and they can't get yeah. out of it for a while. And so along that, I, I would love to see Lamar get out of Baltimore just for, the, just for the excitement of the league. And I feel like he would go to the NFC. He's obviously, I know that the um, Falcons have been. Yeah, it's exactly who I think, mate. Exactly who I think. Yeah, it just feels like it fits, to be honest with you, because they've, they've got nothing there at quarterback. Obviously, they've got, you know, Mariota really doesn't matter. And they've only got a like, second round pick, Desmond Ridder. You know, if if your chance of getting Lamar goes in, in, a, in what is a really, really weak division, I mean, none of the other teams even have a quarterback. Do they? <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, quarterback, which is absolutely ridiculous. So you're thinking, could you kind of swing that and lock that division down for the next five to six years if you're Atlanta? So, yeah, that's what I would like to see happen. Whether it does, I'm not sure. But like they say, all these leaks. I mean, it also creates kind of bad blood between both camps, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw this, but there was rumours at the start. Well, not rumours, sorry. The coach said that he's going to be involved in the OC process, hiring of the offensive coordinator. Because Lamar was really close to Greg Roman off the field. He, they really got on as people. Uh, and then when they announced who the OC was, they asked if him, if he'd spoke to Lamar. And he said, no, I haven't spoken to anyone, any player. Yeah. And obviously that's like a couple of weeks after they said Lamar's going to help us choose the OC. And then they've gone for an OC, obviously, who me and you both thought was a really good hire. But then when he says, no, I've not spoke to Lamar, I've not spoke to any player since I've joined... Uh, I've actually been in the facility today. I still haven't spoken to like, It was a weird press conference. Um, you're thinking, oh, God, maybe Lamar wasn't involved at all then. So for me, I've completely changed my tune. I think they'd be idiots to do it. But I can understand the thought process of why they don't want to pay him the money. I just think you have to pay him the money because of the Watson situation. But I know why they don't. He's been injured so much in the last two years, which is exactly what everyone said about him because of how much he runs. Obviously, he runs in a very unique way that when he takes a hit, it's going to be a big hit just because of the force he's running at. Um, and he's got a weird history of getting ill as well, all throughout college, all throughout the NFL. So he's missed a lot of games. So I can see why you wouldn't want to pay him that much money, guaranteed. But you have to just because, obviously, of the, the Watson situation. So my guess now is he gets a normal... I don't know what they do, though, because if they if they tag him normally, he can negotiate with anyone, but obviously they can get more capital. And it's only 32 million cap hit for year one. And obviously when you rework the deal, that might not count anyway. But the exclusive free agency is 41 million, which is what you'd give him if you want to keep him, because you'll keep him happier. But then the team only has to give up two firsts. And if they offer you two firsts, that's it. That's the deal done. Like You have to accept that offer. So 
I feel like I'm not sure which tag he's going to get, but I feel like they're going to tag him and trade him. And I think it's going to be to the Falcons because they've got two good offensive linemen, maybe three, depending on your opinion. And they've got Carl Pitts and Drake London, who are perfect receivers for Lamar. So for me, and I think he'd look sick in that kit as well. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few mock-ups. He looks absolutely fantastic, to be honest. And they've got the eighth pick this year. So that's obviously your first kind of yeah. haul if you're Baltimore on you, who are used to picking, you know, much higher than that. So giving them the eighth pick this year and then probably... They pick Richardson at eight, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what you do, isn't it? You, <laughs> surely... That's exactly what I'd do, yeah, if I was yeah. them. And if he's gone by eight, I'd just mail it in and trade one of your first for first next year and go after um, Caleb Williams, probably, to be honest, if I was, if I was Baltimore. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't want to see them get stuck with like a Will Levis kind of scenario because I, I don't think that would work, really. I don't think he's going to work in the NFL, but that's for another month. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just that scenario appears to make sense all around, doesn't it? And the Falcons would definitely give up all that kind of guaranteed money for Lamar. So yeah, I think it's the best off-season story oh it feels to me like it could get wrapped up quite soon do you not think like yeah i do think so yeah we're in the so we're in the franchise tag window now um so so they have to tag him to do the tag part before they can trade him anyway because you're not going to trade him as a free agent because that'd be ridiculous because then he could just walk away so the tag the tag's obviously gonna have to happen first um and i think the deadline is i can't remember the deadline now uh so they've got to sign the sign the tag by July the fifteenth, but it's the second week in March is when you have to do it by. So I, I agree. I think it'll be done in the next maybe fifteen, sixteen days or so, um, which is crazy. So yeah, my prediction is he gets tagged and traded. I won't really guess where to, but it feels like the Falcons are the best bet. But I also would not be surprised if Carolina kind of chuck their name in the hat. But I feel like he'd want to go to Atlanta. So yeah, that'd be my guess. Uh, you think he's going to leave or stay? For me, it's yeah. quite. It feels quite close because just because of the bad blood brewing in the media, and I know that how important that is to kind of the new generation of players. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I would I would err on the side of him staying, but the excitement in me would love to say, you know, let's have a big trade. So, I'd probably go fifty five forty five in staying. <laughs> yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go, but. It's crazy. You don't see your top quarterbacks have a chance to leave before they're uh, before they're age thirty. That is for sure. Um, next one then is a bit more straightforward one. Geno Smith, obviously, really really good season. Um, the opposite to Lamar in the media. There's a lot of talk that they're closer to a deal. They're open discussions. Both sides are getting what they want. So I still think he could probably be tagged. I know we'll talk about some tags later, non-quarterbacks, but I think he'll probably get tagged just so they have extra time to do the deal. But my guess was they'd probably get him on a two- or three-year deal and maybe the last year, probably a three-year, and the last year is a little bit more up in the air where they can kind of get rid of him if they need to. And this year or next year, they'll draft someone. So, yeah, for me, I think Gino will stay as Seahawk. Might not get tagged. They might get the deal done first. But either way, I think by the middle of the summer, when the deadline's there for the, for the contracts, he would have signed probably a three-year-ish deal with Seattle. Yeah, I mean, taking you have to take uh, his last season on merit, don't you? He was, I mean, he was top for uh, completion percentage, I believe, in the league, nearly 70%. But, 
yeah, is it the best thing to to kind of nail it? I, I, I like him for the next kind of year or two, but you know, Seattle have the fifth pick in the draft from the Russ trade. I don't know. He, I, he is definitely going to stay this year, but I think if you see Seattle, you, you've got to be thinking about his uh, his uh, replacement uh, after that. But uh, he's going to stay this year for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, next one then, before we go to another big one at the end, and then we go into the quick quick round of free agents. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is one that's just been talked about a lot. They made cuts this week. Um, Taylor Wan was obviously one of them. And it, in total, basically, they saved $34 million against the cap because they're cash-strapped. And a lot of them were obviously vet, well, they were all veteran players. So it feels like they maybe they're not rebuilding. Maybe they just wanted one more year and they just want to go a different way. But it doesn't look like they're going to try and win now with how much cap they've saved this week. Um, if they trade or cut, but trade Ryan Tannehill and designate it as a post-June trade, they can save $20 million. I think that's easy to do. If they do designate it as pre-June, because the team needs it that way, uh, they still save $17 million. So it feels like Tannehill's obviously injured a lot last year. If they go and rebuild, maybe they're going to go draft someone they could easily get at least a second-round pick for Tannehill because after you get rid of his bonuses, the trade for the new team wouldn't be that big of a deal. I think this is actually his last year of his contract as well, so you'd have to renegotiate because the rest are void years. So for me, last year of his deal, is he going to stick around? He's 35, and you can save $27 million. I wanted to bring his name up because he's not a free agent, but I do feel like a trade or a cut could actually happen with, with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I do as well. Obviously, his QBR was one of the worst of his career last year as well. So I do think the time is up in Tennessee. That era feels like it needs to be refreshed now. The ground and pound, you know, short passing game. It led them to the AFC Championship, led them to a couple of divisions. Couldn't get them over the hill, could it? So now when you look in the AFC at the rest of the quarterbacks, you think to yourself, you need something other than Ryan Tannehill. And I don't think they, obviously, with Tennessee, they fired the GM, didn't they? They've got a great coach. Why stand still when you you don't want to just rebuild for a year, I don't think. They have that 11th pick this season. be interesting to see where Tannehill would land, to be honest with you. Yeah, it'd be a win-now move, wouldn't it, for someone like um, like a Jets. I'm not saying the Jets, but a team like the Jets, Commanders, Saints. Feels like one of them sort of teams, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, kind of like a mid-level and you may push you on to get you in the playoffs for a year. But yeah, it feels quite a likely move, would you not say? Yeah, and I feel like it feels like just because of the saving, it's a lot of money. And you pick 11 as well. So if you get a second round pick for Tannehill, maybe you could flip, I don't know what other player you want to get rid of, but a player, maybe not Ryan necessarily, but a couple of picks from the Tannehill trade and maybe a player. You can move up from number 11 if you want. I'm sure, like a team like Detroit, Detroit, aren't they? Like five, if they if they've decided to wait for next year for a quarterback, yeah, they're six. Sorry, Seattle are five. If both of those aren't going to go QB this year, and you'll pick eleven, you can easily trade up to five or six without giving up loads and just pick whichever QB's left. So, um, yeah, I feel like Ryan Tannehill will be an interesting one. Be ironic if, uh, like, hilarious if the Falcons fans are waiting for Lamar. Lamar stays in Baltimore. And then obviously with, with the connection that Tannehill ha- has there with the head coach, Arthur Smith, Tannehill ends up being the, the Falcons uh, running QB. That would be a, a little bit of a uh, a crap one for uh, for Falcons fans. Uh, and then the last one before we go on to true free agents is actually Daniel Jones. Obviously yeah. did have a very good season. I, I think now, I don't know what you think, mate. It's definitely got to the point though where people have overrated his season. I know he did well in terms of like, I haven't got hardly any receivers, but 
I think it was very much of a day ball thing. I don't think he's as good as what people think, but I also think he probably wasn't as bad as what some of the media thought he was probably probably last season. There's been a story come out in the press that he wants 45 million a year. Now, I personally think that's his old agents because he actually fired his agents the day before that story. So I think his old agency have got that out in the press to be like, look how unreasonable he is. He wants 45 million a year. That's more than Patrick Mahomes uh, for next season. How crazy is he? He should never have fired us because it never. You don't know where the leak's coming from, but it feels like the fact it's happened. Like I read, it was like twelve hours after he fired his agents. It feels like they probably leaked it, but it feels like thirty-five to forty-five million is what he's going to ask for. The tag, like I said, is thirty-two, thirty-three. The non-exclusive tag is forty-one. That that's like I said, that's an automatic trade if someone offers you two first. I don't think anyone's going to offer two first for Daniel Jones, so they won't do that. So my view is they do tag him which opens up a question for Saquon when we talk about free agents next week. But yeah, I think they tag him, but I don't know what they do after that, man. I don't know if they get a deal done or if they just tag him one year, tag him next year like Kirk Cousins and let him leave. Where do you sit with DJ? Because you watched him probably more than me because he plays your team twice a year. Yeah, exactly. I've seen him a lot and I do think he sits somewhere in between the uh, overrated, underrated, you know, underrated in the media kind of thing. But this past season, yeah, it does... What timing for him to come out and have a new head coach that has reinvigorated the franchise and him? Because you look across his stat board, it ain't great. I know he's not had the receiving crew, so he's kind of done what he has done. But Dayball has come in there and worked wonders for his career. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You've got Mike Kafka there as well, who's done the same. So I feel like the Giants are in no position to not tag him. I'm not sure that you get a full deal done with him, though, because I'm not sure that the Giants are fully, you know, fully in on what you do. You tie Daniel Jones down for kind of like four years and then you can only get out of it maybe in year three or something like that. I don't know. I feel like the Giants kind of want to, after this season, build on that, build on nine wins and kind of looking at winning the division. But, yeah, they're in a tricky spot, really. You'd expect the tag and then... I would be surprised if he got a, a big long-term deal, to be honest, this summer. Yeah, I think they made the right decision turning down the option in the end because he was so bad those first couple of years. But the um, the option was $26.5 million, so it would have saved them a lot of money rather than tagging him, ironically, if they would have actually done the, the option now. But I think everyone said at the time that declining it was, was probably the right thing. Um, see, I think they can get a deal done, but I think it would be like, look, the guaranteed money for a franchise tag is obviously 32 or 35 million. We'll offer you two for 70. So you get like an extra year of money. And then, but the second year will have some sort of out that if they get rid of him, he still made more money than franchise tag for one year, if that makes sense. But it spreads the money out over two years. Um, I feel like that's a way they could do it. Cause I, yeah, I agree. I don't think he's there for, for the long term. And again, you can just let him walk at that stage. And when he leaves, you get a third round or fourth round compensatory pick because a QB is going to sign for a lot of money, you know, so that's going to obviously help your um, your comp formula, which I think the Giants will probably be like, okay, we can keep him for one or two more years and get a third round pick from anyway. Whereas if we trade him now, we'd probably max get a second. And I think it's just clever planning by them. Um, but if they give him like a four or five year deal, then I think they're doomed. But I think they're smarter than that because it was definitely the scheme. I know he played well, but it was definitely the scheme, wasn't it, that, that made him look better. But yeah, I think he gets tagged regardless. I don't think they do a deal before that. I think they'd have to tag him and then do a deal after that. I can't imagine they're going to get something done in the next two weeks, especially with the stories that he, he might want more money than they're willing to pay him. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, 
It's in his ballpark, I feel. I feel like the, the timing of it is, is great. New York in a strange position. Obviously, picking 26th in the draft as well is yeah. probably not something that they would have planned on before the season. <laughs> no, definitely not. And they had two first rounds, didn't they? What was it last year? Didn't yeah. Do a, didn't, do a, didn't do a QB in the end. But yeah, I think we're on the same page, me and you, that he'll be their starting QB for next year, but I'm just not sure what sort of deal that'll be on. Uh, I think he'll be short term, but... We'll see. Um, now onto the free agents. Then the first, probably two, are a little bit more interesting. Then we'll wrap the, the, the final ones. Will just be a quick one. So we've already mentioned him a little bit. Um, obviously, Derek Carr. He went to the Saints. A lot of people were saying, like, "Oh my God, the Saints are going to trade for his awful contract." I don't think that was the case. I just think they wanted to get a. I think they were just pretending to the Vegas they might do a trade just so they can get Carr in first for a visit. Um, they had him in. Apparently, the visit went well. Obviously, the Jets had him in. It seems like the the visit went incredibly well. It does feel like if Rodgers doesn't go to the Jets, then Carr will, which I think is fair enough. If I'm Derek Carr, though, I'd also be looking at Washington and the NFC. I know the division's hard, but I think a wild card in the NFC with Washington with those receivers would be a lot easier to come by. All the Saints, I guess. Um, but I think financially, the Saints are going to struggle to pay him what he wants. So, yeah, I think the Jets make sense. But like we said earlier, it'll be a waiting game for, for Rodgers. But, um, yeah, I think he's probably going to get paid the most money, maybe apart from... Actually, I think of anyone. I think any contract signed by a free agent this summer, no matter what the position, I think Derek Carr is probably going to get the most, at least on an annual basis. I think they're going to pay him a lot because he is clearly the best true free agent offer, uh, a candidate, sorry, out the lot. Yeah, yeah, I do. I would be quite annoyed if I was him. It could be a real, could be a real game that he plays kind of with because uh, Rogers could take... I don't care what he says. He wants to wrap it up early this summer. You just don't know with the guy. So it's like, if I'm Derek Carr, are you kind of signing for the first concrete offer that you get? Or are you waiting for the best situation? Which feels like the Jets. Would you not say the Jets feels like the best situation with that kind of the young talent that they've got? And the, yeah. the defense. Good offensive line, isn't it, for someone who struggles yeah. under pressure? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's not the worst division in the world, even though you've got Buffalo in there. But you know, it's there's still yeah, there's not many choices apart from the NFC South that are bad divisions, are there? So no, no, I, I would agree with you though. If he could sort of wangle a move to uh, Washington in the NFC East, I think that feels better than sticking around in the AFC if winning yeah. really matters to you. But feels like the big concrete offer is going to come from the Jets. I think. Yeah, I think if they don't do Rodgers, they'll be desperate enough to pay you a lot of money. But if they do do Rodgers, then Carr could go anywhere, which would be interesting. Um, I know Carolina, obviously, another one mentioned. I will just add that he is terrible in cold weather, which is obviously New York. <laughs> um, so if I'm him, if the Saints can offer me anywhere near the amount of money, I, I would consider it because obviously they're not outdoors. It's an indoor stadium. Um, but we'll see. He probably doesn't doubt his ability to play in the cold. It's just us that look at the stats. You can tell that he can't play in the cold. But Derek Carr probably thinks he can play in the cold. But yeah, if I was him and I had a chance to play in the Dome for the Saints, I would be tempted. But again, I just don't think they can offer him enough money. So we shall see. Um, we'll fly through the next then. Um, Jimmy G, I think he gets a starting offer. Um, but I think it'll be like, Unfortunately for him, again, even though I think he knows the type of player he is, I think it'll be a starting offer, but we're probably going to draft someone. So it's like a one-year gig, you know, where you can just tie us over. We'll pay you a lot of money guaranteed for one year. 
whoever that team is and they draft a, a young QB and pair them behind him. Or if the Patriots do actually want to get rid of Mac Jones, which is there is some rumours, then he could obviously go back to New England. So for me, I think he does get a starting job, but I think it's a one-off, one-year starting job. Yeah, surely he gets nothing more than uh, a one-year deal at this stage, does he? So yeah, I can see yeah. that. I don't think it'll be in San Francisco either. <laughs> so, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think that time has got nothing in now. Yeah, and then we've got four left, um, two kind of different categories. So Brissett and Dalton, two veterans that I think probably outplayed their level. Dalton's numbers were actually really good last year. Brissett did way better than... than um, he should not be named at quarterback for the Browns. Uh, so I think for me, I don't think they start unless the Falcons decide to to draft someone and they want another veteran to play over Ridder. But for me, I think they both get really, really good high-level backup deals and they probably start some games. And then the other two is Mayfield and Darnold, who I feel like will probably get backup deals. Maybe Mayfield will stay where he is. But I think they'll try and get backup deals at places that have a good head coach like the Panthers for Darnold maybe now with, with Reich or like Mayfield and the Rams. So for me, I think you've got two veterans there that just go for the highest bidder and just become a veteran that maybe plays if someone gets hurt. And then I think the young guys kind of try and go somewhere where there's a good coach and maybe a quarterback that's not long for the future, potentially. Yeah, I think without going down the exhaustive list, I feel like Jacoby Brissett is the best backup quarterback in the NFL who you can trust to come yeah. in. For instance, I would trust him to come in for three games as the Eagles quarterback and I'd be fine with him kind of running the offence. He may be less explosive overall, but I think he could come in and run the offence. So I do think he's a really, really high-level backup. And like you said, Andy Dalton last season, yeah, his numbers are his numbers are great, aren't they? Yeah, he had a decent win, kind of win-loss record as well for the Saints. So it was, yeah, yeah they were interesting. Mayfield, I really, really don't know. I mean, he had a perfect situation where he... He played uh, okay in prime time for the Rams, didn't he? That one game, and he came back and won it. But then he did have a couple of absolutely awful showings as well. So I just, yeah, I feel like the Rams are perfect for him to be honest as a backup. And then you never know what's going to happen with Stafford. He always gets hurt, doesn't he? And then you got McVeigh there that can just rebuild your career and help you make a few more million. Yeah, no, I think that that seems like a nice spot for him, doesn't it? And. Maybe it was Sam Darnold. Maybe a Sam Darnold character if uh, Mayfield didn't go to the Rams. But I think they both have to accept now that the starting careers are over, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, seems that way. Um, cool. That's the QB carousel. And I kind of wanted just to finish on if you go through the list of teams that don't have a quarterback, uh, definitely not for the next two seasons. The list is crazy. You've got arguably the Bears, even though I think they do. You've got Houston, who don't, the Colts, who don't. Seattle is an argument. Detroit, obviously, Goff's only got one year left. The Raiders haven't got a quarterback. The Falcons haven't got a quarterback. The Panthers haven't got a quarterback. Tennessee haven't got a quarterback from next year. The Jets haven't got a quarterback. New England might not have a quarterback. Washington doesn't have a quarterback. I think Pittsburgh probably think they do. Tampa doesn't have a quarterback who we haven't mentioned. Um, Miami, we're not sure. Baltimore might not after a couple of weeks. Um, the Giants might not after a season. Uh, and then the Saints as well is probably the last one. So it's like over half the league that are not secured. So it's going to be an interesting in summer. There's only so many first round quarterbacks coming in the next two years. I know the levels are pretty decent, but there's probably yeah. eight maximum in the first round. Yeah, seven or eight, I would say, in the next yeah. two. Yeah, exactly. Um, and at least three of them probably need to sit a year. So it'd be interesting. Um, let's move on to franchise tags. Obviously, we're going to 
touch on this again in another episode once the tags start coming out and we get near to the deadline. But um, we think Lamar, Gino and Daniel Jones will all get tagged. So we're not going to look at those. So um, we were going to do three, but we're running long on time. So let's just do two. Um, two other candidates each that we think might get tagged. And then I'll see if there's any left at the end that we can quickly touch on. Um, I'll go first just because of an obvious one. Obviously, being a chief has basically come out already. Um, Orlando Brown Jr. is going to be tagged. I still think there's a chance they get a long-term deal done because I think they can, with the cap going up next year, they can fix the money to be massive next year and the year after uh, in the hope that they probably let Joe Tooney walk in two years' time and then they go cheap at left guard. But yeah, he'll get signed for the tag. That'll be a second one. Um, so that'll be just basically 20 million for a left tackle. And they might talk about getting a deal done. I think he's Mahomes' friend, so they'll talk to him because they don't want to upset him, but I don't think they'll be able to agree on one. I think it'll be a case of tag for one more year and then maybe could be leaving the summer after. So he was kind of my first candidate, an obvious one. Chiefs won't let him walk. He's one of the best free agents on the whole market if he's there. And if you look at the tackle list on the free agency, he's so much better than everyone else. So if you're the Chief, it's like, okay, if we let him walk... We can't replace him with anyone in free agent. We've already got the best free agent left tackle. So I feel like they're going to tag him and try and get a deal done. But for me, I think either way, I think he'll probably be a chief for one more season uh, if they can't get it done. Um, who is the first name that you thought that is probably likely to get tagged in the coming week or two? I was just kind of having a look around the league, maybe coming, starting to step out my division a little bit. And I, Jordan Poyer at the Bills is someone that I really like. And they obviously have Tremaine Edwards also that they can tag, but the linebacker tag is like over $20 million. So I yeah, think, it is, yeah, because some of the red rushers get classed as linebackers, don't they? Yeah, yeah, so you can't be tagging Tremaine Edwards for that. So I feel like they've got to tag Jordan Poyer and then work out a deal for him. I think he's one of their most important players on defence. It's still defence that, for me, feels like it needs improvement. So to tag and keep try and work out a deal with... Poyer feels something that they're likely to do. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I wrote Dan Edmonds as an option until I checked, and it was something like twenty point six million. I was like, "You ain't going to pay him because he's not even their best linebacker." <laughs> so that would be uh, that would be crazy. But yeah, Poyer's a good shout. I believe it's fourteen point five million for a safety. So um, makes sense. You could get him signed after that on a two or three year deal. I think. Uh, and their other safety, you could probably let Walks. Think he is a free agent summer after next. So you can kind of make a decision to go Poyer. Uh, and I think he'd resign there on a short-term deal as long as the guaranteed money was was right. Um, yeah, I've kind of gone for the two easy ones, to be honest. So my next one, I've gone with your division. Um, so you don't always have to talk about the East. I've gone with Deron Payne from the Commanders. There was a lot of talk that if they went Carr, that they wouldn't go, they wouldn't do this route because obviously of how much money they're going to have to pay Carr. But they haven't even actually scheduled a visit with Carr. So maybe they've decided to go with Howell and maybe a cheaper option, um, which we'll talk about in the future, whether that's good or not. But uh, if they don't go car, the rumours are heating up that Payne is almost guaranteed to be franchise tagged. Uh, if he isn't, he's going to probably be the biggest free agent on the market that's non-quarterback. He's an extremely good player. The tag is 19 million, but obviously they've got two edge rushers that are on rookie deals still, so I feel like they can do it. So for me, I think Payne being the best free agent on the market, if he doesn't go, you're a team that hasn't got loads of free agents you're a team that haven't got loads of young talent outside the defensive line. So I do feel like he's a player you want to keep. Or even if you don't keep him, I think you tag him to trade him. I don't think you let him free agency. So for me, I think um, Deron Payne is is guaranteed to tag as well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. He's a great player, actually. So, if, yeah, it makes sense for him to kind of get an... Get an I mean, they've got to get 
got an extension there. I know they've heavily, heavily draft capital on the line, but you know, you you have to keep it as well, don't you, if they've kind of performed. So yeah. I am gonna go for maybe a surprising one actually. I was gonna go in now you've gone into the AFC East. I was gonna go for Dallas because they've got a couple of candidates to Tony Pollard. But you know what? I'm actually gonna go for Evan Engram. They might down as well. Yeah, because you would have never thought that, by the way, last summer that you would have been talking about tagging Evan Engram, but he was absolutely incredible for the Jags. I think he, the tag is like 11.4 million. So for that, I mean, he's not a proper tight end, is he? He's, he's more of a receiver, really. So yeah, he became a vital, that, yeah, it became a vital option for Jacksonville, and hopefully they're going to get kind of Ridley in there as in the wide receiver, so I may open it even more space up for Engram, but. Yeah, I think that that makes sense for me. And yeah, the Jags coming. Yeah, well, I listened to a pod the other day talking about free agency, and there's only one team that's actually losing less snaps than the Jags. The Jags have got hardly any free agents, obviously, because loads of their players are on rookie deals. And it felt like the rest of the roster all got signed last year to massive deals. Um, so they've hardly got any free agents. So for me, he is obviously the key one to keep if you look at the list. He's already come out in the press saying they're talking, that he wants to stay, which I think makes sense because Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence got a hell of a year out of him. So for me, I feel like he has to stay. So I do think they should tag him. I think they probably will unless they get a deal done first. And I think if they tag him, it's only because they want to do a deal, you know, get that extra couple of months to get a deal done before he signs the tag. So, yeah, I think that's a good shout. Um, obviously, some other names to touch on. We've done the quarterbacks. You mentioned Pollard. I think they might tag him. Um, I wouldn't because it seems like they're going to keep Zeke as well. And that's a hell of a lot of money for running backs. But Jerry Jones loves Pollard, so I think that's likely. Um, Dalton Schultz is the other one, but I don't think you tag a tight end twice for me especially when they've got two other young tight ends they've drafted, only fifth and sixth round picks, but still on the roster. Um, Saquon Barkley is another one, but I feel like Daniel Jones is probably going to take that tag. And then the other two were Josh Jacobs, who could get tagged if they decide to go veteran quarterback and go all in and keep him, because that's not a huge amount for the running backs this year. I think it's just over 10 mil. And then your man, Hardgrave, the DT for the Philadelphia Eagles, was another name. I don't think they want him to walk. I feel like if Kelsey re-signs, you could get him on a tag and maybe sign one free agent and then the Eagles will probably leave it at that because you've got a hell of a lot of free agents this year. But um, any thoughts on any of them? Obviously, Barkley, Jacobs, Hardgreave, Schultz, anyone you think is most likely out of that little batch? I feel like, yeah, Jacobs, if they get a um, veteran QB, as the Aaron Rodgers, you kind of bring that back. But yeah, it feels unlikely to say on us. Saw something the other day from the Athletic. It feels like the split is more likely than him staying around in New York, which could be interesting. So, but obviously, I want Hargrave to be tagged as well. I think he, yeah, I was going to say, a little more want... important than Gardner Johnson, who has also been muted for a tag. Yeah, they'd be the only two for the Eagles. I couldn't decide which one to pick, but I felt like Hargrave, just because you're losing three DTs, aren't you, in free, in free agency? Because Fletcher Cox is there and one of your young guys is a free agent as well. Whereas at least the safety group. It feels like you could probably pay Gardner Johnson for a long-term deal because you haven't got much else back there, have you, from a safety point of view? But uh, yeah, yeah, eighteen point nine million though for Hargrave, sorry, which is a large amount, but the Eagles can can afford it. So yeah, I think that's probably likely. Um, cool, that's it for for today's episode. We're going to talk more about tags, obviously, when they start getting tagged, and talk about. Um, our thoughts on them if anyone's surprised and gets done or doesn't get done obviously we'll record any emergency episodes if there's any big trades or if Derek Carr signs anywhere in the meantime um next week we'll dig into free agency and talk a little bit more about the non-tag sort of players or people we think that won't get tagged that are going to be true free agents 
Um, remember to go follow us at GoFor2Pod, two being the number two. Go follow Patrick on Twitter at MuggsNFL to buy your NFL gear. Enjoy the weekend, guys, and we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon, everyone. Thank you.